thought-provoking stories, and insights from around the globe by your favorite athletes. This is the Athlete's Obsession, brought to you by Obsession. This week on the podcast, we talk to Kitaro Omeda, a professional soccer player who has fought through adversity in his pursuit of helping others. Welcome into the second episode of the Athlete's Obsession podcast featuring Obsesh athletes. Today, we are lucky enough to have Kitaro Omeda. Kitaro, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for everything. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on the podcast the first question, you know, I have to lead off with, this is the Athletes Obsession podcast, so we need to know, what is your obsession and how did you find it? I think, I think my obsession is, is definitely competing and, and not, not only to become a better athlete, but to become a better human being overall. You know, I, I live on a mentality where I want to constantly improve on a daily basis. And I think that that obsession came, came from just how I was raised from the environment I was in and my individual motivation as well as my group motivation, you know, and that's where I, I think it came from. Yeah. And of course, you know, you were born in Japan into a soccer family. Do you think that had anything to do with your drive for competitiveness? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, uh, I was born in Tokyo and um, my father was actually a professional trainer for a club in, in, in Japan. And so I would spend my weekends on the sideline with my dad or even in the stands watching the game. And then during the week, I, I'd sleep in the locker room and I'd spend I hang out with the players. So, so I grew up in that competitive environment, you know. Wow. So then was it your father that inspired you to play the game or did you kind of come into soccer as a, a self-discovery? I definitely was influenced by my father, but also my brother as well. He, he, I have an older brother who's five years older than me. And so whatever he was doing on the field, you know, I always wanted to copy and wanted to try and do it better, you know, and that, that competitiveness, it, it just, it just grew in me. And that's, that's definitely what, what got to me. Now you mentioned your father was a, a trainer for a professional club in Japan. What club did he work for? And were there any players on the team that you specifically got close to or rooted for? Yeah, absolutely. The team name is Kashio Reiso, and so they're in the first division of Japan. And, and I'll, there's a funny story because the player that, that took care of me a lot uh, in the locker room, his name was Lopez uh, Wagner, and he played on the Japanese national team. He played in the 1998 World Cup, and he, he really loved me. <laughs> he took care of me, and, and then the funny story is he told my dad, you know, I'm going to take care of your son. And, and we look back, 2018. I signed my first professional contract in Brazil and the head coach is Lopez Wagner. Oh, wow. So, it, it, you know, God works in God works in miracles, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now you were born in Japan, but early on in your life, you made the move to the United States with your family. At first, what was the, the greatest cultural difference that you experienced from moving to the, from Japan to the United States? Yeah, definitely. I think um, there were there was so much difference, but the biggest I probably have to say it was a, was a language barrier. Uh, you know, I, obviously I couldn't speak English at all, and just having that difficulty was 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 hard. And as I got older, I also realized that that there was a certain stereotype, whether it was for me as an Asian American 
or as a, as a Japanese immigrant, you know, we had a certain stereotype that, that we were kind of expected to live up to. And that was the biggest cultural difference that I felt, you know, not only the language barrier, but, but that uh, stereotype that I had to live up to. Yeah, what, what was it like dealing with that, that stereotype as a kid? And how much did that impact you as you were growing up in the States? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was devastating at times. It was harder than, it was, it was, there were times where it was harder than others. Um, like I remember a youth game, we were playing in a U12 match and, and the game was 1-1 and I had the ball, I was dribbling and, and, and the coach from the other team said, said, don't let the Chinese kid dribble. And, you know, I had, I had the number 10 jersey on my back, so it was easier for him to describe me for what I looked like rather than the number on my back. And the, the, those moments are, are the moments that stick with me. You know, it, it, it's difficult, but it, it, it's something that made me stronger, you know. Yeah. So do you use those moments as motivators now as you become an inspiring voice in the, the Asian American community? I, I can't, I don't think so because I try to work out of love. I don't, I don't work out of hate, you know? Um, so I can't say I, I, that, that motivated me. It's just a, just a memory that that's been stuck with me. And I think it's a memory that will stick with me for the rest of my life. But um, I think, I think it, it was a valuable lesson. I had to learn the hard way to, to learn and understand my self-worth, my self-value, you know, it was, so it was a difficult experience then, but I, I, I can't say, that I wouldn't want it any other way because it taught me a very important lesson. Yeah, and, and now you mentioned that you play the game out of love and you do everything out of love. Who inspired you to, to be like that and to have that kind of mentality? Because that's a very brave mentality. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I give, I give kudos to my mom and my dad. You know, they, they raised me well. They, they, they gave me everything I could ever ask for, even when they had nothing to offer. And, and that was the, the mentality that they gave me, you know, do, do work out of love. Don't work out of hate, you know, cause working out of love is, is everything. And they, they always show me love and support and I, I'm forever grateful for that. Yeah. Now, one thing that didn't change about you when you went from Japan to the United States is that you still took your love of soccer with you. Uh, did you notice any stylistic differences from the way that the game was played in Japan versus in the United States? Yeah, absolutely. In, in Japan, um, the when we talk about physical as, aspects, the players are kind of smaller uh, when we talk about height and weight. So they, they rely on their technical skills more in Japan. So each individual has uh, is very talented technically. Uh, they have quick feet. They have they have very they're very good on the ball. And when I came to the United States, you know, the guys were a lot bigger, um, a lot faster. They they rely on speed and power more in America. So the play style is, is a little different. But uh, it was something I definitely got used to quick. And, and you know, I try to take uh, the best out of both worlds. I try to be technical from the Japanese aspect, but at the same time, I want to be fast and, and strong, you know, just like how they play in America. Yeah, and you adjusted pretty well, I would say. You got recruited by a whole bunch of universities in the United States, and you ended up attending the University of Louisville. You were a Cardinal. What went into that decision to attend the Louisville Cardinals? Yeah, absolutely. Um it's, it's actually a funny story because um, the very first college soccer game I've ever watched on TV was, was the 2010 NCAA National Championship. And it was between Louisville versus Akron. And I, I remember telling my dad, like, I'm only going to go to these two schools. Um, and if these two schools don't offer me, I, I'm not going to go. Or I'm going to go overseas, you know. And, and 
I was just so blessed enough to have the opportunity from Louisville. And, and so I went with it, you know? Yeah. And then the funny part is, is that after you were done playing at Louisville, you transferred to Akron. So what went into the decision for making the move from Louisville to Akron? Yeah, absolutely. I think when I got on campus, it, it was everything I've ever dreamed of. You know, my, my teammates were phenomenal. Uh, they're, they're some of some guys I'm still friends with and, and I've created some lifelong friends, you know, but it was just that when it came to the business on the field, I, I wasn't getting as many first team reps. I, I wasn't finding that confidence and that groove that I wanted to find in my game. And I felt like I was kind of playing in a nutshell. I was playing in a shell, you know, and, and I wanted to, to get my old self back. I wanted to find that confidence back. And, and I thought, you know, I always, I always told myself, I got to change the environment before the environment changes me. So I, I, that's why I decided to enter the transfer portal and I decided to go to the University of Akron. So having that university experience playing in the NCAA, what was a, a lesson that you learned that you still apply to your everyday life from your time playing at both of those schools? It's definitely hard work is a must. Hard work is a must. And I think that's a lesson that I take, I take with me no matter where I go in life, whether it's on the field or off the field. You know, I'm always going to be one of the hardest or if not the hardest worker in, in the environment. And that's, that's what I strive to be. And, and I take that mentality not only every week, but every day. Uh, you know, I, I, t I try to give myself 120% each and every day. You worked hard at school and you were able to flip the switch, go pro, and you joined joinville what was it like joining a club all the way in brazil yeah absolutely and and the funny part is it's like people people will say like oh like Koda, that's amazing that you went pro and achieved all these accolades but it's, it's the truth is behind the scenes it, it's so difficult you know saying having to walk into your coach's office and tell telling them that you're going to forego your junior senior year to, to go pro is, is a difficult conversation to have it's it's sad to say goodbye to your teammates it's sad to say goodbye to your to your locker room and, and first energy stadium where i played car ride to the airport sad saying goodbye to your family is sad uh that flight to sao paulo is is frightening my mom always told me uh you know sometimes the fear doesn't go away you just gotta do it afraid and that was definitely the leap of faith that i had to take we asked you before about your experience of moving from culture to culture from japan to the united states what was the cultural jump like from the United States then to playing professionally in Brazil? That was probably the biggest jump I've ever had to make in, in perspective of athletics. You know, um, it, soccer in, in Brazil is not a, not a sport. It's, it's a religion. So, you know, like, it, it's life or death. If, if you play bad, you know, people are going to come at you, come at you hard. If you play well, people are going to praise you. You know, you are, you are treated well. And so that was the that was the opportunity that I had to learn, and, and you know I definitely had to learn the business aspect of it, and and that was something I was maybe not ready for at first, but I definitely got used to it, and and now I'm doing better than when I first signed, so I'm happy. You made history by signing with Joinville as well. You were the first Asian athlete in the history of Joinville. What what did that mean to you? Absolutely. I, I never like to say it was my dream. I always like to say it was our dream because I want to include my family. I want to include, include the people that's helped me become who I am today. And so to be able to um, accomplish something phenomenal like that is it, it, something I'm very proud of myself for. 
And but at the same time, I, I, I can't let that get to my head. You know, I have to continue to work hard. I have to continue to do what I do each and every day. But um, I'm definitely proud of that. You know, that's something I, I think I'll remember for the rest of my life. And now you wrote a book titled I'm With You. Why did you decide to write that book and what did you learn from writing it? I think when, when my name pops up, a lot of people identify myself as an athlete, but I, I've always had other dreams outside of athletics. And one of those dreams was, was to become an author, was to publish my own book. I, I, I had the opportunity when I, when I first signed pro, I, 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 was, I was given a small platform, you know, and I wanted to use that platform for, for a good cause. And that's why I decided to write this book and, and accomplish this, this lifelong dream that I've had. And so that was just part of it. And now in writing a book, because that takes a whole lot of effort, especially when you're a professional athlete, what, what did you personally gain in terms of mentality from writing that book? It definitely makes you realize, it, it opens up your perspective, I think. You, you see things you didn't necessarily see. So, you know, when you're an athlete, you, you, you're constantly trying to improve yourself each and every day. So you're only looking forward. But by, right, my, by me, you know, going back in life and thinking about the struggles and, and the, the tough times that I've been through, it kind of helped me look back on the path that, that God's given me and, and realize, like, I've, I've came pretty far, you know. But at the same time, I didn't come this far to only come this far. But, you know, it, it kind of opened me up. It, it also gave me a lot of motivation. It also gave me a lot of, you know, faith, faith in myself and my family. And, and I, I love the process. I loved it. Another part of who you are besides the athlete is a voice of change for the Asian American community, especially here in the United States, back in Ohio, where you found a home. Why is it important to you to be that voice of change? I learned the hard way that everyone has a voice, but not a platform. So everyone has their own opinion, but not everyone's willing to listen to your opinion. And when when I first went pro, I, I, I realized that like I said, I was given a, a very, very small platform, but I wanted to use that platform for, for a good cause. And, and with, the, with, the, with the rise in racism towards Asian Americans, it's, it's, a, it's something I can be empathetic for. Not, not only sympathetic, but I can be empathetic. And that was the biggest, biggest reason why I think I wanted to help my people, my community, and the people who raised me to become who I am today. And I thought it was, it was my duty to, to step up and be the, be the voice for my people. Yeah, why don't you tell the listeners about some of the, the latest efforts that you've been doing, especially back in, in Cleveland? Yeah, absolutely. I've had, the, I've had the privilege to become the brand ambassador for United Way of Greater Cleveland. And, and all my pro- proceeds from my book have, have gone to United Way of Greater Cleveland to support racism and low-income families. And, and uh, you know, I've, I've been given the opportunity to, to help and touch individuals. And I think I'm, that's one of the greatest accomplishments in my, in my life, not only in my career, but in my life, I think. And, and I'm very happy and I'm, I'm proud of myself for that as well. Yeah, that's a bond that, that you and I share is the United Way bond. I, I've worked in United Way in character development and you've also worked in United Way. So I, I love that we have that, that mutual bond between the two of us, that, that bond that creates so much change, especially with some of the, the work that United Way does in their local areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've always wanted to work with a, with a company that aligned with my values. With, with, and, and when I 
heard about United Way, when I saw their values, it was, it was perfectly matched with mine. And so that's why I wanted to reach out and, and be a help to them. And so, like you said, it, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to help, you know. I believe that you're one of the greatest examples of an athlete who likes to stay true to themselves and has truly built their own personal brand. What would you say to other athletes who are trying to do the same thing? I definitely say the biggest advice I'd say is, is stay true to yourself. Be you. Don't ever try to be someone you are not and, and continue to strive on that because oftentimes we idolize people. We idolize other athletes, celebrities, but we're not them. You know, we are who we are and we're on this journey that God's given us. And so continue to work hard each and every day. Don't worry too much about the future because the only thing worse than aiming high and missing is aiming low and hitting. So continue working hard. And I said, please, please be yourself because you're going to find love that way. Now, Kataro, also part of your personal brand is being an athlete on the Obsesh platform. What went into the decision to joining Obsesh? Jonathan hit me up and, and I was just so happy to meet, meet her. Uh, we did a Zoom call and, I, and right away I felt her love. I felt her, her, her kindness, you know, and when she told me about her beliefs and her values, it, it completely aligned with mine. And that just made me fall in love with it. Absolutely. And, and I, right away, I told her, you know, I, I would love to work with you. I would love to work with the company and, and Obsesh has, has treated me so well. And I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for this opportunity. And, and now if someone wanted to, to book an experience with you on Obsesh, what would they expect to receive from you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think my goal is to not only make you a better athlete on the field, but also become, help you become a better human being off the field as well. And, and from my experience, I, I'm willing to, to give you tips and advices to improve your technique, improve your skills on the field, but at the same time, give you life advices and motivation to help you keep going on and off the field. That's, that's great, Kitaro. Now, if fans wanted to keep up with you on social media or wherever, how would they be able to do so? Absolutely. My, my, my Instagram is Kitaro13umeda, and you can, you can reach out to me there or Facebook, you know, anywhere. Awesome. Well, Kataro, it's been an absolute blast learning more about you and having this great conversation today on the Athletes Obsession podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me, Dawn. I really appreciate it.